After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10 year, 100,000 mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I've always had this fantasy that there's something else out there for me. One of the best science fiction films of the year. I don't want a robot living with my wife. Starring Saoirse Ronan, Paul Meskel, and Aaron Pierre. Do you really want to leave her here all alone, day after day? From visionary filmmaker Garth Davis, based on the book by best-selling author Ian Reid. I encourage you to use this opportunity to act on your instincts. Foe. Whatever we decide, we'll be together. Exclusively in cinemas October 20, rated 15A. Lightning fans, you found the right show for everything you need to know about your favorite team in the NHL. It's the Lightning Insider Podcast with Eric Erlinson. Get ready for insight, historical perspective, interviews, and breaking news that comes from a reporter insider who's got near 20 years on the Tampa Bay Lightning beat. Now for the latest with the Lightning, here's Eric. Hello again, everyone. Welcome into the lightninginsider.com podcast, the playoff edition. Eric Erlinson from lightninginsider.com trying to make sense of what happened in game number two of the Sunshine State Showdown between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. Been watching this game a long time. Haven't seen many like I saw last night as the Lightning come away with a 2-1 ultra-dramatic victory to take a 2-0 series lead in the best of seven series before things shift back to Tampa for games numbers three and four coming up on Sunday and Monday. Yes, the back-to-backs are upon us on Sunday and Monday. And I'm going to try and recap as best I can what we saw because there was a lot going on in that game. Obviously, the dramatic ending with Ross Colton's goal the play by Nikita Kucherov, the parade of players that went to and from the locker room during the game. Just a crazy, crazy situation. Uh, And, you know, this team once again finds a way to pull it out. And, uh, wow, sometimes, sometimes that's all you can say is just wow. All right, before we get too deep, into anything, I want to make sure you do know that this podcast is brought to you by BioPro Plus. BioPro Plus is number one non-synthetic alternative to prescription hormone injections. Fix how you look, perform, and feel with BioPro Plus. You can find BioPro Plus on Instagram or Twitter at BioProteinTech or online at BioProteinTech.com. Use the code word Lightning for thirty dollars off any order. That's the code word Lightning at BioProteinTech.com. All right, uh, things sort of went awry before the game even started. Corey Perry takes a 
ricocheted puck right off his head, just above his right eye, had to leave the ice, had everybody wondering what was going on, was he going to be able to play, and I saw people freaking out, this is where experience matters guys, I've seen this many times in my career, where he's listed as a scratch on the game sheet on the roster report and everybody's freaking out he we can't play he's not going to be able to play and all it takes is one person to report that he's not playing and it spreads like wildfire well it's not official until these starting lineups are introduced so if you were following me on twitter last night it's exactly what i said that there was no way Corey Perry was not going to play in that game. And sure enough, before the end of warm-up, he was back out on the ice. And yet, because the official sheet, quote-unquote, still had him listed as a scratch, people thought, oh, that's it, he's not going to play. How strange, how can that happen? You can't overreact to that stuff. You have to be able to understand what's going on. Uh, Then, of course, lo and behold... Once the starting lineups came out, there was Corey Perry's name in the lineup. And, of course, he scores the first goal. Um, Nice little redirect from a Steven Stamkos pass on the power play. Now, the start of this game, you knew Florida was going to try and come out with more energy, right? Like, game one, as we talked about in the first podcast or the recap after game one, it, it just it lacked the emotion and the intensity that I, I guess we all had in our mind, or a lot of us had in our mind, based on what we saw between these two teams last year, right? The Battle of Florida, Sunshine State Showdown, the back and forth of that game one last year in the opening round. It, game one of this series lacked just about everything that we saw in that game. The only thing that was the same was there was a lead change. There was only Sorry, there was only one lead change because that game won last year had four lead changes. Both teams came back from multi-goal deficits. In this one, Florida had a one nothing lead. Tampa Bay scored it late and, of course, scored three in the third period to pull away. And Florida tried to set that tone. They put the fourth line out to start the game. Patrick Hornquist is involved right away. A couple of big hits. Um, You know, trying to establish that. Trying to up their tempo because Tampa Bay slowed them down in game one. So they wanted to up the tempo, up the energy. And it, it sort of worked, but it didn't really work. And did, did you catch Corey Perry when he had that collision right around the the red line with Mackenzie Wieger and it was both players just standing up and Corey Perry knocks Wieger to the ice and then he just kind of stands there and I thought it was a stare down a little bit of a stare down it was more than that because it looked and I haven't seen enough replays but the one I saw sure made it seem as if Corey Perry and he's they don't call him the worm for nothing, was kind of given a maniacal sort of laugh at Uyghur, who's a, 
you know, he's a bigger guy than Corey Perry uh, for being the one to hit the ice in that situation to the point where Hornquist came over and uh, and tried to intervene. So it was Florida trying to set the tone and Corey Perry sort of setting the tone back as if to say, you think you can knock us around? So I thought that was a, a pretty telling moment early in the game of what was going to happen, of how things were going to go. Because we know, we've seen this team over the last couple years, right? They don't back down from anybody. It doesn't matter what you try and do. You want to come out and put, try and push them around, you're not going to push them around. You want to try and outskill them, you're probably not going to outskill them. Especially when it comes to the playoffs. But back to what happened to Perry in pregame was a little bit of foreboding of what was to come for the rest of the game. Because the, the parade to the tunnel, as I mentioned, involved four other players. So in total, starting with the beginning of warm-up, Four other players took either pucks to the face or they blocked shots that sent them down the tunnel looking for either some sort of medical treatment or looking to shake off a stinger or a, uh, a, piece, of, a piece of the puck that kind of got them in an area. I mean, first it was Mikhail Sergachev had a puck deflect off a stick right up into his face. He left. In the, third, in the first period. And then right towards the end of the first period, Eric Chernak has the same thing happen to him. Another puck that ramps up off his stick and hits him in the face. And you talk about a guy who's been a puck magnet this year. He's been a puck magnet. Well, puck found him again. Remember, he left game one because he blocked a shot and didn't return. And you knew this one was... It, it stung him because... The puck is in the defensive zone. It's in the final minute of the period. And he immediately drops his stick, puts his hands to his face, heads straight to the bench while play is still going on. So you knew it got him pretty good. Sergachev did return for the start of the second period, but Chernak didn't. Chernak came all but sprinting down the tunnel to make sure he got on the ice for the start of a penalty kill. Of course, as he was coming down the tunnel, Steven Stamkos was heading the other way. Stamkos took a block shot off his shin pads. It stung him. He was able to kind of finish his shift, but you could sense that he felt that he was, well, he felt that. He felt that shot block. And that happened to Stankos two other times. One was a block shot that kind of got him in the midsection. Looked like it might have gotten his hand. And then a little bit later, he got tangled up and tripped over and fell to the ice. So he actually left down the tunnel and came back on three separate occasions in the game. And then Brandon Hagel... Again, blocking a shot that stung him pretty good. 
he had to hobble off the ice to the bench and he needed help to get off the ice and as he was heading back towards the locker room his arms draped around the the medical staff to to get off uh, to try and get back to the the locker room Stamkos had to sidestep that so he could get back out on the ice at least get back to the bench I've I've never seen anything like that I've covered this team for 22 years now I've covered all but six of their playoff games in some capacity. The only games I didn't cover professionally was 1996 in the series against the Flyers. I've never seen something like that before. I've never seen a team lose that amount of players in game. And and then they all came back. That was the amazing part. They all came back. You know, I had asked Mikhail Sergachev before the game about the commitment, the commitment level, blocking shots, you know, how contagious that can be. And and he said, I can't not do it if I see my teammate doing it. That's how you establish a culture. It's how you establish a guidelines. You establish how the team is supposed to play. And that's obviously established on this team, especially when you hear a comment like that. And then Brandon Hagel, who just joined the team in March, sort of said the same thing. It, everybody has to do it. And everybody's willing to do it. And that's how you get, I'm telling you, you just feel... Like the team was rewarded for that mentality last night because, again, they're up one nothing. Late in the second period, Andre Vasilevsky lets in a goal we're just not used to seeing him let through. A long-range shot squeezed through his arm and found its way in the back of the net. And a, a crowd that had been really quieted, really for most of the first two games was alive just after that Florida gets a power play again it's one of those momentum shift moments in games and Florida was starting to feel it they kill off that penalty and then how about later in the third period Florida gets another power play Steven Stamkos tries to reach out ends up taking the player down it's about 323 to go in the third period to put a and you could you could sense a storyline sometimes you can sense storylines emerging Florida no power play goals in the playoffs up to this point gets a basically a gift goal from Vasilevsky and now has a chance to come through in the clutch for their power play to deliver and give them their first lead of the game to try and even up the series. Well, they didn't, as we know. The penalty killers came through big time. 
Florida did get three shots on goal during that power play, but the forward combination of Nick Paul and Anthony Sorelli killed off most of that. I think they were out there for a minute 38 of that power play. Killed it off. And then you had the moment. And we've seen a few of these moments in recent years with this team. Ross Colton gives Tampa Bay the lead. Now, there was 0.9 seconds left on the clock when it stopped after the goal. They turned the clock back to show 3.8 seconds left. So, officially, the goal comes at 19.56. You always round up when it comes to clocking time in the NHL. So, 19.56 is officially the time of the goal. And it's only the second latest regulation game-winning goal in Lightning playoff franchise history. That's right, you heard me. Only the second latest regulation game-winning goal scored in Lightning franchise playoff history. Because in 2015 against the Montreal Canadiens, Tyler Johnson scored a goal with 1.1 second left on the clock. Again, round up, so officially that goal came in 1958. But he scored. It was with 1.1 second left. I can remember the goal to this day. Victor Hedman down the left board, left sideboards. Tyler Johnson with a middle net drive. Redirects right through the legs of Carey Price. Gave Tampa Bay a 3-0 lead in that series. And it's the third time in Lightning franchise playoff history they've scored in the final 10 seconds of regulation to win a playoff game. Because in 2020, in the bubble playoffs, in Game 2 of the Eastern Conference Final, Nikita Kucherov scored with under 10 seconds remaining. That goal was officially listed at 1951. I believe there were about 8.3 seconds left on the clock. That was that incredible pass from Ryan McDonough to find Kucherov at the other side of the ice for a quick one-timer. Again, just like in 2015 against Montreal, that gave Tampa Bay a 2-1 victory to take a 2-0 lead in the series. The Tyler Johnson goal gave Tampa Bay a 3-0 lead in that series. And now you have Colton scoring with 3.8 officially left on the clock to give Tampa Bay a 2-0 lead in this series. I've always had this fantasy that there's something else out there for me. One of the best science fiction films of the year. I don't want a robot living with my wife. Starring Saoirse Ronan, Paul Meskel, and Aaron Pierre. Do you really want to leave her here all alone, day after day? From visionary filmmaker Garth Davis, based on the book by best-selling author Ian Reid. I encourage you to use this opportunity to act on your instincts. Foe. Whatever we decide, we'll be together. Exclusively in cinemas, October 20, rated 15A. And you want to talk about, again, Nikita Kucherov right in the middle of everything, as he tends to be in a lot of big moments, it's hard to imagine 
that not that long ago, there were some who wanted to run Nikita Kucherov out of town because he wasn't a playoff performer. Doesn't show up in the playoffs. Great regular season. He can score points. Great. Can't do it in the playoffs. Well, not only is his points per game, and even at that time, and a lot of this was coming out of the 2018 Eastern Conference Final when they got shut out the final two games of that series against the Capitals and sent the Lightning fans to heartbreak again. But even at that time, he was about a point-per-game player in the postseason. Obviously, with the magical runs that this team has had the last two years, he's been back-to-back 30 points. Only the second player in the last 30-plus years to have back-to-back 30-point seasons in the playoffs. Now, only Nathan McKinnon has more points per game in the playoffs among active players than Nikita Kucherov. And he does it again in another, again, magical moment that, you know, look, we're going to talk about this play for a long time and remember this play for a long time. And it starts up high. Andre Palat is able to keep a puck alive inside the zone, banks it off the boards, down behind the net where Kucherov is waiting, and go back and look at the replay. I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably watched it more than a few times, but just go back and look at it again. And as the puck is coming to him, and this is a great lesson for young hockey players, it's even a great lesson for young soccer players, And I'll tell you why in a second. As the puck comes to him, what does Nikita Kucherov do? He takes a quick peek over his shoulder. He surveys the landscape, the ice scape, the situation. And in the blink of an eye, processes everything. His brain is like a computer on the ice. Like an Intel microprocessor. Because he sees Ross Colton, he knows where he's going, and he knows exactly how he's going to try and get him the puck. And as soon as Mackenzie Weger makes his way to try and make a beeline for Kucherov, he leaves the front of the net, which allows Kucherov to get the puck to Colton. And this is a great play by Colton to get the puck on his stick. And he doesn't just snap it. He scoops it onto the blade of his stick to make sure he elevates it and tucks it just underneath the crossbar and just stun the crowd. And and it's amazing because I know there were a handful, a good portion of Lightning fans of that game last night because you could hear the stunned silence from the Florida fans, but you could also hear the Lightning fans in attendance. Again, the clock showed 0.9. They reset at the 3.8. And it just produces just a wonderful, magical moment on what's been a wonderful, magical postseason ride for this team over the last couple of seasons. Don't be left out. Make sure you subscribe to the Lightning Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else where podcasts are found. Now, here again is Eric. And the reason I say the Kucherov play is a great lesson for young players 
I helped coach my son in soccer. And we worked alongside a guy named Steve Pete. May he rest in peace. I loved tapping into the brain of Steve Pete. He was a tremendous club-level coach. Trained, uh, trained in Germany. And he would tell the kids all the time during practices. Head checks, head checks, head checks. Always head checks. What's going on around you? Who's around you? How can you get away from pressure? Where's your outlet? Who's your pass going to? What's your next move? What's your next play? He drilled that into the kids all the time. Don't know how much they actually listened to him, but it was a great lesson. And I, and I thought about that last night, watching Nikita Kucherov just give that quick head check. Well, what's the situation like? What are my options here? And he processed it in, the, in a blink of an eye. And, and it's just, some, like Corey Perry says, every time we ask him about Nikita Kucherov, he just smiles and says, I got to shake my head. Because he did it again. He did it again. The Lightning did it again. 2-0 series lead now. Heading back to game four. Game three and four. At Amelie Arena. Again, back-to-back days. Sunday is a 1-30 face-off. 1-30 face-off. Again, that's on TNT. Game four on Monday is at 7 p.m. Again, back on TNT. And before anybody wants to get too ahead of themselves, I'll caution you this. Those two previous last-second goals that I mentioned, 2015 against Montreal, 2020 against the Islanders, I wrote a story earlier in these playoffs after Tampa Bay won Game 2 against Toronto, and you can go back and find it, lightninginsider.com, it's under the Daily Charge, you can find it under there, momentum from game to game doesn't really exist in the playoffs, that whole series against Toronto should have showed you that, Toronto blew love lighting out in game one, Tampa Bay pretty much returned the favor in game two, Toronto won game three, the lighting won game four, Toronto won game five. The Lightning won game six. And then they finally were the only team to win back-to-back games in that series and win game seven to advance to this round. Because back in 2015, when Tyler Johnson scored with 1.1 second left to give Tampa Bay a 3-0 series lead against the Canadians, they did not win game four. And that was a, a back-to-back situation. Game four, the night immediately after game three. The Lighting did not win game four. Didn't win game five. That series had to return to Tampa for a game six before the Lighting won that series. So, last second goal did not create momentum. In 2020, and if you remember that 2020 game, they dressed 7-11 for that game. Seven defensemen, 11 forwards, just as they did last night. That was the game where Alex Kalorn 
was given a game misconduct for a, a hit from behind, I believe on Brock Nelson. Brought Tampa Bay down to 10 forwards. Braden Point, remember, was battling through a groin issue throughout a good portion of that playoffs. He was unable to finish the game. So the Lightning, somewhat in similar circumstances uh, from last night, but in that game of 2020 against the Islanders, they finished the game with nine forwards. They were staring at potentially having to play overtime with just nine forwards before Kucherov won the game. And of course, last night, with all the bumps and bruises that they suffered in that game, they were staring and having to go to overtime and, and play more hockey before Kucherov and Colton hooked up. But in 2020, they didn't win game three against the Islanders. You know, they blew the Islanders out in game one of that series. Win in dramatic fashion in game two of that series. Didn't win game three. So I'll be curious to see how things go on Sunday. Now there's two days off here between games. It gives both teams a chance to kind of catch your breath and reset. It gives Tampa Bay a much needed opportunity to bring out the ice pack, sit in a cold tub, whatever it is to try and shake off the effects of that game last night and then try and get, you know, take advantage of the two days off here. So th- that that is something that's different than the previous two games I just mentioned. And it's an afternoon game, so there's no morning skate. So the players will basically just come to the rink and get ready. You have to wonder, though, what's in Florida's mind. Look, they, they can come back. They, they did it in that series against the Capitals. They lost the first game. They were down 2-1. They were down late in game three, game four, rather. Probably should have been down 3-1 in that series. Tie it late, win in overtime. They were down 3-0 in game five. Able to come back and win that game 3-2 and then won game six in overtime. Now, there's a, there is a difference between coming back in games and coming back in series. Yeah, they were down 1-0 and 2-1 in that series. But you'd have to think, like, what what is going through their mind right now? They upped their tempo. They upped their energy. They didn't really speed up their game, which is something I was looking for for them in game two thought maybe we'd see them up the tempo didn't really get that you know this is the the highest scoring team in the regular season in 30 years they they scored more goals this season than the lightning did in 2019 they averaged 4.1 goals per game during the regular season they're deep i mean they're exceptionally deep Huberto, Barkov, Bennett, Reinhardt, picked up Claude Giroux, Anthony Duclair, Carter Verhage. Now we know Verhage's dealing with something. He missed the morning skate or left the morning skate and was considered a game-time decision. Of course he played. But you know he's dealing with something. Like everybody at this time of the year is probably dealing with something. There's only some that we know and some that we don't. There's probably a lot that we don't know. 
But what is the Florida mindset going to be going into game three? How can they speed up their game? It's almost like like the, the, the Panthers here have tried to be the opposite of what some of those President Trophy winning Capitals teams were. Right? They were a high-octane offense. They were a team that scored lots of goals and just felt good about their game. And they always were criticized that they could never play the right style in the playoffs because the style has to change. I hate that the style has to change, but the style has to change. So it's, it's almost like the Panthers have tried too hard to show that they can play defense, and now they're not scoring. We're all familiar with that here, right? We're all familiar with that 2019 team, the series of which we do not speak, as I told Bobby the Chief Taylor during the broadcast of the pregame skate show on Thursday. Lighting learned that lesson. And I, I think it's good for the overall game if a team like Florida could find success playing a high offensive style. It's a copycat league. But in 2019, both Tampa Bay and Toronto were that style of team. And they both lost to quote-unquote grinded-out teams. Toronto lost to Boston. Tampa Bay lost in that series of which we do not speak of. And Florida was in some trouble in the first round. Not in major trouble, but they, they had some moments in that series. But they've been limited to two goals in two games. And yes, they've had the puck a little bit more than Tampa Bay. They've created maybe a few more chances than Tampa Bay. But you have Andre Vasilevsky in net. Again, always the great equalizer. You have the commitment that we saw last night to keeping the puck out of the net, whatever it takes. And it, it does take a certain mindset and courage to be able to play that type of game. And I'm not saying Florida can't, and I'm not saying they're not trying, but how much do you have to sacrifice of who you are as a team to do it? So I'll be curious to see how they decide to try and come out and play in Game 3. Now for Tampa Bay... I think you have to possess the puck a little bit more. Maybe they'll do that on home ice. It's a little bit easier to do that on home ice than it is on the road just because of the matchup situations. You know, and, and we'll see how the team comes out of this. They practice on Saturday. We'll see who's actually on the ice and who needs days, days rest, like an additional day's rest. Uh, my guess is we'll see a pretty well-attended practice on Saturday. But here we are, talking about the team with a 2-0 lead once again because of their commitment to play the right way. So, all right, that is going to wrap things up here for this episode. 
Again, if you if you want to check out my website, if you're not a subscriber already, I'm going to give you some incentive to do so. Thanks for those who have signed up at this point. If you go to lightninginsider.com, again, big story on Nick Paul I did to open the series on, on how big he's become in this playoffs for Tampa Bay. Again, Nick Paul last night led all forwards in ice time, led all forwards in shorthanded time, took the most face-offs. You talk about a guy who stepped up and been a key contributor in many ways. Did a story on him. Again, you can find that under the Daily Charge set. Again, go find that momentum story that I wrote back early on in the playoffs. Uh, I'll have more stuff throughout the, the playoffs here. Uh, and if you're not a subscriber, you want to sign up, you want to check it out. If you use the code PODCAST when you sign up, you get $10 off your first yearly subscription. So again, when you sign up, use the, the code PODCAST. And I'll give you $10 off the first order, first year. Again, lightninginsider.com is the podcast. I also have, check out my, my Valley Sports Sun podcast called Lightning Game Day Now. You can find that wherever you get podcasts. And then one hour, one hour before every playoff game, myself and Bobby the Chief Taylor will have the pregame skate show. You can hear that on Lightning Power Play. Find it on the iHeart app. Simply search Lightning Power Play. That's also on News Radio WFLA in the local Tampa market. Again, one hour before every playoff game. And my weekly appearances with Ian Beckles and Jay Retcher. Mostly on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Friday before 3 o'clock, I'm on at 3 o'clock. But usually it's it's Wednesdays from 4 to 5, uh, depending on, on the race schedule at times too. So uh, that's the areas you can find me. Uh, I do some local radio hits. I do some national radio hits. So uh, keep an eye on my Twitter feed. I'll give you updated on all that. All right. Thanks, everybody, as always, for listening. We'll talk soon. I've always had this fantasy that there's something else out there for me. One of the best science fiction films of the year. I don't want a robot living with my wife. Starring Saoirse Ronan, Paul Mescal, and Aaron Pierre. Do you really want to leave her here all alone, day after day? From visionary filmmaker Garth Davis, based on the book by best-selling author Ian Reid. I encourage you to use this opportunity to act on your instincts. Foe. Whatever we decide, we'll be together. Exclusively in cinemas October 20, rated 15A. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.